Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Creative Talks. I'm Mingjia, and this is the weekly commercial real estate snapshot series. No investment advice, and let's get started. First, let's take a look at the hotel sector. Trap's September CMBS delinquency report, and let's take a look at the lodging CMBS market. The lodging delinquency rate for September came in at 22.94%, while the lodging special servicing rate came in at its all-time high at 26.04%. Welcome back to Creative Talks. I'm Mingjia, and this is the weekly commercial real estate snapshot series. No investment advice, and let's get started. First, let's take a look at the hotel sector, Trap's September CMBS delinquency report, and let's take a look at the lodging CMBS market. The lodging delinquency rate for September came in at 22.94%, while the lodging special servicing rate came in at its all-time high, 26.04%. And this report also shows a chart of the top 10 largest MSAs lodging CMBS exposure by delinquency loan balance, outstanding loan balance, and the overall delinquency rate. And the New York, Chicago, and LA MSAs currently have the highest delinquency lodging balances among the top 10 MSAs, mainly due to much less international travel and tourism since all of these three markets are gateway cities. TREP also provided another chart that shows the top secondary 21 MSAs and their lodging CMBS loans exposure by delinquency rate. And on this chart, I found a very familiar name, Las Vegas. Las Vegas is the largest secondary MSA by lodging CMBS outstanding balance of $4.55 billion. But Las Vegas has the lowest delinquency rate of 0.06% for lodging CMBS among the top secondary 21 MSAs. And Las Vegas also has one of the highest weighted average DSCR values for lodging CMBS loans. So let's talk about Las Vegas for a second since I am kind of familiar with this market. For those of you who are not familiar with the Las Vegas market, well, welcome to my podcast. If you have been listening to my podcast in the last three months, I'm sure you are already a fan of Las Vegas by now. So let's talk about Las Vegas. So I read a few reports about the Las Vegas CMBS loans. Honestly, I feel like I'm becoming a researcher now by looking at all of these reports to do my podcast. So here is a KBRA's special report about Las Vegas. They released it on March 4, 2020. Total CMBS exposure to Las Vegas retail, lodging, and showroom property types consists of 183 properties, about $10.2 billion by allocated loan amount. And 82% of that is concentrated along or very close to the Las Vegas Strip. And remember, the TREP reports say that Las Vegas has one of the highest weighted average DSCR values for lodging CMBS loans. So in this KBRA's report, they have a table that shows the stress test result they did on four of the large CMBS loans in Las Vegas, the $1.9 billion Bellagio loan, the $1.38 billion Cosmopolitan loan, 
the $562.4 million MGM Mandalay Bay loan and the $400 million Treasure Island loan. And on this table, it shows that for the Bellagio, 29.6% of the total revenue came from the gaming sector. And since this report was released on March 4, 2020, before the entire Las Vegas Strip got shut down, so the DSCR at the time was 4.06. And on this sensitivity analysis table, they showed three different scenarios and the projected DSCR under three different scenarios. 15% decline in net cash flow, 25% decline in NCF, and 35% decline in NCF. And even with 35% decline in net cash flow, the projected DSCR is 2.64 for the Bellagio. This report was released on March 4, 2020, before the entire Las Vegas Strip got shut down in mid-March. And the unemployment rate increased to 36% in April in Las Vegas. This report was released on March 4, 2020, before the entire Las Vegas Strip got shut down in mid-March. And the unemployment rate increased to 34% in April in Las Vegas. You know what? This reminds me of the capstone class I took in grad school for our final project in our capstone class. So we were doing a case study and then we were assigned in different groups and we have to do a presentation for our case studies. And one of the questions our professor always asks us is, if your deal is going to fail, when and how will it fail? So now I'm reading this report that was released in the beginning of March and they did a sensitivity analysis of negative 15%, negative 25%, and negative 35% decline in net cash flow. But who would have thought that the entire Las Vegas Strip would shut down? So basically, it's like 100% decline in net cash flow. So this is so interesting that, you know, Sensitivity analysis is a projection and you really have no idea what is going to happen in a global pandemic. Nobody would have predicted something like this, an entire shutdown of a city that usually gets a little over 40 million visitors a year. I found reading this report very interesting and I'm going to put the link of the report in the show notes. So feel free to take a look and I also found a webinar hosted by Morningstar, and that webinar was back in August. So the data is more updated. In the webinar, the analysts say that the major CMBS loans in Las Vegas are backed by very well-capitalized sponsors. The large CMBS loans in Las Vegas, like I mentioned previously, the Bellagio, the Cosmopolitan, Mandalay Bay, and the Treasure Island. And three out of these four properties are owned by Blackstone. Voila! Welcome to the institutionalization of the Las Vegas Strip. And you know what this reminds me? Before the global financial crisis happened and there was a boom of development 
a boom of constructions, high-end condos, high-rise buildings on the Strip, and a phrase that a lot of the journalists used in their articles was the Manhattanization of Las Vegas. And that phrase referred to the development boom of high-rise condos on the Strip, including the high-rise condos at City Center, the Cosmo, and also north part of the Las Vegas Strip. But I think this time I would refer to the financing, the capital game of the Las Vegas Strip. So yeah, I'm not too worried about the delinquency rate on the Las Vegas Strip. Obviously, Blackstone has enough money to pay for any shortfall of the debt service if there's any shortfall in the debt service. The Las Vegas Strip reopened on June 4th. And since then, a lot more hotels are reopened. And by the way, downtown Las Vegas, there's a new hotel opening in downtown Las Vegas, a complete new one. They're opening on October 28th. The hotel is called Circa, and it's the first new ground-up construction casino hotel in downtown Fremont Street since the 1980s in downtown Vegas. And I'm going to check out that hotel after it opens. It has the largest sports book in town, three stories tall. It's going to look amazing. So I cannot wait to visit a new casino hotel. And I don't gamble. I know that I talk about Las Vegas a lot in my podcast because I'm a fan of Las Vegas. I'm a local. I grew up here, but I don't gamble. So don't worry about it, guys. I will not lose money when I go visit the Circa because I don't gamble. And you know what's another quote that I I don't remember where I heard about this? Is that the only way to not lose at casino is to not gamble. So, okay, so... The Las Vegas Strip is getting very institutionalized. I'm not a fan of the institutionalization of Las Vegas. And if you have been following me on LinkedIn and Instagram, you must have seen a series that I do every Thursday. It's called the Vegas Throwback Thursday series. And I always post pictures and videos about the old Las Vegas. I know that I'm too young to talk about old Vegas, but you know, the people that I work with in my company and also the people that I work with in the commercial realistic community, they're much older than me. So they always talk about the old Vegas, like the 70s, the 80s, the Rat Pack, you know, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis, the legends, the Rat Pack at the Sands Ballroom. See, that was the time when everybody dressed up, suit and tie and gowns, black tie, and they went into these ballrooms or theaters and they watched these legendary performers. Yeah, that was the time that I wasn't born in that time, but I've heard so many interesting stories about old Vegas. Okay, today's episode is not only about Las Vegas, so let's talk about other things. Next, let's talk about Cushman Wakefield's U.S. National Quarter 3 2020 Office and Industrial Reports. (laughs) 
Cushman Wakefield released their Q3 2020 reports in October. And let's start off with the office report. U.S. national office vacancy in Q3 was 14.4% in the third quarter Quote, net absorption was negative 41.3 million square feet, by far the largest decline in occupancy in any quarter since we started collecting data in 1995. Absorption was also negative at negative 23 million square feet in the second quarter. So even though demand had dropped, but supply in Q3 was the same as last year, new construction completed in the first three quarters in 2020 was 33.8 million square feet, almost identical to the 37 million square feet completed in the same period of last year. The national vacancy rate reached 14.4% in Q3 of 2020, the highest level since Q3 of 2014. And even though vacancy has increased and demand is down, but asking rent went up in Q3 because landlords are holding up the asking rents. Quote, average asking rent nationally reached a record high of $34.64 per square foot, upped 1.9% from Q2 2020 and 5.8% from a year ago. So that is an overview of the office market. And now let's take a look at the industrial market. National Q3 Industrial Report from Cushman Wakefield. Q3 vacancy rate was 5.3% nationally. Net absorption was 62.1 million square feet. And this number brought the year-to-date total to 159 million square feet of absorption, about the same as the 160 million square feet reported for the first three quarters of 2019. So absorptions for the first three quarters of this year didn't change that much compared to the first three quarters of last year. But here's an interesting thing about the leasing activity. Quote, new leasing activity in logistics space accounted for 234.4 million square feet, which represents 86.3% of all new leasing activity across all product types in the third quarter. Well, that is a very interesting statistics. So obviously strong demand in industrial space because of e-commerce and Q3 of 2020 marked three quarters in a row of more than 45 million square feet of positive absorption. So we just talked about the demand side Now let's look at the supply side. New supply so far in 2020 totaled 250.3 million square feet year to date, an 8.1% increase year over year. And on a quarterly basis, quote, the market saw 88.6 million square feet delivered in the third quarter of 2020, a significant year-over-year increase compared to the 75.1 million square feet reported in Q3 of 2019. So about a 13 million square feet more supply delivered in Q3 of this year compared to last year. 
and what about the vacancy rate? So the national vacancy rate for industrial space in Q3 was 5.3%. Some of the tightest U.S. markets continued to be Orange County, Central New Jersey, Nashville, Savannah, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, and Hampton Roads, and all of which reported vacancy rates below 3% in Q3. And quarter over quarter, quote, 47 industrial markets saw positive rent growth or health study, while 60 markets saw an increase or health study year over year. Though the pace has slowed slightly over the past several quarters, positive rent growth will continue through the end of the year. And for the construction side, 340.9 million square feet of industrial space are under construction, and this is a new record high for the industrial market. And 93.6% of the new construction pipeline will be warehouse or distribution product. Make sure to follow us on both Instagram and LinkedIn. And if you haven't seen my Las Vegas Throwback Thursday series, make sure to follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn. All of the links are in the show notes. We post amazing videos and pictures. Please share this podcast to LinkedIn and tag me. I will leave a comment. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please, please write a review. Your review means so much to me. Thank you so much for listening. And this is the end of this week's commercial real estate snapshot series. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much and have a great weekend.